You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's a Friday in historic, lovely downtown Starkville, Mississippi. And by historic, we used to have roads, Bart. Well, I was about to say historic. I thought we were getting new roads. <laughs> we're working. It's, uh, it's like I said before, you got to take everything out of the closet, to clean it, and then you put it back in. Got to make a little mess before you clean it up. But that is what is happening outside the Farm Bureau Studios here in downtown Starkville on a Friday and this is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig, Mississippi State and Auburn in a big game. I know we are guilty of saying that every week, Bart, but I look at this ball game and I look at Auburn, and they're not terribly happy, although they're understanding. They're getting a little impatient with their offense because it hadn't been good, but they're understanding because the talent just isn't quite where Brother Freeze needs it to be right now. But – as down as they may be at three and four, look at the schedule and how it sets up because they have to be thinking, if we can win this game against Mississippi State, we're about to have seven wins headed into Alabama and be on a four-game win streak. And I have not heard any talking head from Alabama, you know, and the Auburn Tigers or any person that is affiliated with Auburn that doesn't think they're going to win this football game. And it's very similar to last week where Arkansas people, all Arkansas people thought they were going to win last week. So here's what's interesting to me. You look at Arkansas last week and they fired their offensive coordinator on Monday, Dan Enos. And you look at, you know, you look at us and how, you know, we've struggled offensively. Phillip Montgomery is the first-year offensive coordinator down at Auburn. There's a disconnect somewhere. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's, there's some kind of disconnect – with first-year offensive coordinators, a little bit of a tweak to an offense. You wonder about, you know, new guys coming into the program, the cohesiveness, that's a big word. But the, we're very similar right now as far as Arkansas and Auburn from an offensive standpoint. Auburn has not been very good at all. It's almost like – Trying I, to play two quarterbacks. I'm a Saints fan, right? And I, Sorry. <laughs> you talk about a kick in the teeth every weekend that I get. Last week, at least, it was on a Thursday going into the weekend. But it's almost like the Taysom Hill effect, right? Taysom Hill comes in. He runs two or three plays in a game. This is five years ago, and everybody's like, man, Taysom Hill's great. Drew Brees retires. Taysom Hill's got to be our quarterback. You had these people down in the stands, we love Taysom. Got to have Taysom Hill. We got to put Taysom Hill in. But here's the thing about the – Was that your Cajun accent or what was that? That was a bunch of rednecks from South Mississippi that go over there and watch the Saints play. Okay. But the thing about Taysom Hill is when you were able to scheme him up and realize after three or four different design plays, you know, he can be defended, you know, somewhat okay. To me, that's where – that's kind of where we are right now, and that's where Auburn is. From a standpoint of we've had a lot of people who were asking for the Mike Wright package and for him to get a lot of playing time. And, and this is not a knock at Mike at all. I think what he does, he does it well. But you just kind of wonder going forward, and it's very similar 
at Auburn when you start thinking about their quarterback situation. At Auburn, Robbie Ashford's the same way. When Robbie Ashford is in the game and Mike Wright is in the game, I think we have quarterbacks that are virtually identical. Am I wrong for saying that? Well, it is they try to do the same thing, too. How many times do you see Ashford go out there? And I got three tight ends. <laughs> you know, it's there's no doubt what you're about to do with the football because they're not going to trust him to throw it very often. Now, having said that, Ashford will throw for 385 yards tomorrow and become a Mississippi State all-time villain. <laughs> the rat. Well, it just depends on how they've schemed. I mean, have we practiced inside this week? Have they been uh, Have they been flying like helicopters over the practice trying to get our signals and stuff? How about all that stuff in Michigan going on right now? Well, and then the question is if it extends beyond Michigan. But just for the reset, if you haven't been on Twitter, you haven't been watching social media, the issue, and I'm going to try to simplify this as best I can, because my understanding of it is basic at best. But the gist of it seems to be that there is an assistant at the University of Michigan who has coordinated, allegedly, a program whereby scouts would fan out across the country. They would buy tickets across from the opposing team, the team that they would be scouting, a team they'd be playing, and then would video their coaches throughout the game, signaling in plays, players signaling in plays. From that, they would go back and look at the game film, and then they would know exactly what is taking place. And now there's always, let me be clear, always, always been sign stealing, just like in baseball. Okay, so that's that's the reason I, I asked this question. It's like baseball sign stealing. Now what the Astros were doing was a little bit different. They had a camera in center field and they're banging on garbage cans. They had something that no one else was privy to. And so – I'm I'm trying to figure out in the Michigan deal why I should be so worked up. Apparently, there is a specific rule against using video technology for these things. All right, so it, I guess it's kind of like baseball. There's there's a level that's understood. Right, you're kind of looking across the sidelines and figuring it out, and then there's going too far. And Michigan apparently went way too far. The second thing that's going to be interesting for them is they actually have a budget for this. Oh, so this isn't just that some guy's sitting there and says, hey, coach, guess what I figured out? When he takes his hat off, they're going to blitz. That's that's <laughs> fair game. These are guys using Michigan dollars, allegedly, to get on airplanes and to buy tickets and to go to games and to video. It, it's, it's sophisticated. Now, here's where it comes into the SEC. Uh, Tennessee fans, so keep in mind, last year, South Carolina was awful. Wretched. They were. And then they go play Tennessee, and they score a touchdown on every drive save one. And then they turn around the next week and beat Clemson. Guess who Michigan had been scouting? And former Michigan coach, now coaching at South Carolina. So there are rumblings, even from outside the Tennessee circles, that Michigan had selectively shared some of their intelligence with teams who are facing what might have been an opponent in the playoff. So it will be interesting to see. But I, the NCAA has been after Harbaugh anyway. Yeah. Harbaugh is a bad guy. Let, let's just be clear about that. He, he is a bad guy. He is a cheat. He is a lot of things. Are you drawing any similarities between us and our deep dig this week? What, being a bad guy? Well, I mean, I mean we're playing Hugh Freeze. Ah. Uh. Well, I, mean, I just didn't know if, if you were drawing that comparison. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not making that comparison. Yet. I will say this: 
whoever is in charge of the scouting department for South Carolina this year, they have, they failed miserably. Well, not miserably enough, <laughs> or not soon enough. That's soon the problem is they got all of our stuff. We're the people that they got the best on. That's right. Michigan was down here, had their connections, <laughs> Dudex revenge. So no, so here is the the bottom line though is. This is going to be an interesting story to watch in college football over the coming weeks. Now, for Auburn, Mississippi State, Bart, we might as well just jump on in and get into our three numbers. And this is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Tracks Plus, of course, the heavy machinery with Barco, with the Foresters. If you're going to clear a, a patch of wood, some pine trees, some hardwoods, and need some of that Barco equipment, Saney Excavators and Mini Excavators, Massey Ferguson Tractors, go to TracksPlus.com and see their wide array of new or used equipment. And that is TracksPlus.com. And also, these three numbers brought to you by our friends at Maroon and Company in the Cotton Mill Marketplace. If you're coming to campus, it's right by Chick-fil-A near campus. Go to maroonandco.com. Type in the code. What is it, Charlie? N-I-L-10. N-I-L-10. And you'll get 10% off your purchase. And then they're going to throw in another 5% to send to the Bulldog Initiative Maroon and Company. They've been big Bulldog Initiative supporters. So go to maroonandco.com. And, of course, next weekend against Kentucky, that's when uh, that's the throwback game. Going to recognize the 98 team, the Western Division Championship team from 98. And, of course, the interlocking MSU, that was a big uh, factor. Because, you know, what kind of logos you wear factor into ball games, And we won because we had that interlocking MSU. You can't disprove it. You cannot disprove it. And if you want some of that interlocking MSU or state script or just the banner M State, Go to maroonandco.com, and they can get you fixed up. All right, here's my numbers. Going to start top to bottom, high to low. My first number is 63, Charlie. 63, and here's the reason I chose 63. The last two games with primarily Mike Wright as the quarterback in our running attack. Against Western Michigan, we ran the football 33 times at 194 yards. 123 of our 194 yards were rushed to the right side. You know, we th- talked about NC State last year, about how they were left-handed heavy. I think we're beginning to get right-handed heavy. Well, not right-handed heavy enough, one might add, because let's go back to the Arkansas game. We needed one yard. <laughs> we needed one yard at the end of the game to put that play away. Which way do we go? We went left. We were going to fool them. But it was almost like the right side of our offensive line thought we were going right. Yes, they did, because they all went one way. The guys on the left went the other, and like the parting of the seas. The linebackers just walked on through like Moses on dry land. (laughs) (laughs) And they were there. And I go back to that point of the disconnect. There's something there, whether it be snap counts. Hey, we've seen the same thing. Us, Auburn, Arkansas. How many pre-snap penalties, of course, we saw it the last couple weeks as far as – and thank goodness we had one last week. And you wonder if that will – maybe it cleaned up a little bit this week because you got a different style of quarterback asking for the cadence, the clapping of the hands and all that good stuff. Wait, 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 time out. I know. They clap their hands. Well, sometimes it it depends on the high pitch of the clap. I'll never forget. So, when I was in high school, we had the backup quarterback in and we had like three false starts in a row because his cadence was different. And the coach called timeout. You know, that's coaches would come onto the field, which I'm morally opposed to. <laughs> if you're a high school coach, a coach at England, I don't care if it's Pee Wee, get on the sidelines. But in any event, he goes out there and they practice the cadence in the middle of the field. 
like with the whole it's well, like deathly quiet. Well, but here we're not talking about anything major. We're talking about clapping your hands. I don't think David Chambliss, to your point about coaches coming on the field, I don't think David Chambliss, my old high school coach, or Bobby Bowman, who was the baseball coach but the defensive coordinator, would like your thought process of having to stay on the sideline. Because what they like to do is get in the middle of the field where they could say anything they wanted to say to us and not have to worry about our parents hearing it. Well, I used to joke, you know, Mac Barnes. <laughs> you remember Mac Barnes, kind oh, of yeah. legendary coach? He coached from the hash marks. Oh, he did. He never met a sideline. Well, Kermit coaches that way in men's basketball. Did. He sure did. Well, hey, uh, Jimbo did. Well, any event. Yeah, okay. All right, so 63. We had 63% of our rushing yards against Western Michigan going to the right side. Last week against Arkansas, we had 130 yards rushing. 82 of those came to the right side, 63%. So what? where am I getting with 63%? I think it needs to be at least 63% of our rushing yards need to stay to the right side. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're not saying we adjust. You're saying we steer into the skid here. I think we – no, well, here's my thought is that's where we run the best. That's where, you know, we have had more success behind our offensive line. Evidently, you know, we feel more comfortable with our offensive line on the right side in the running game. Arkansas, Auburn is kind of like us. You talk about the scouting department that they have. They have analysts who are going to look at these numbers and say, you know what, Mississippi State's running the ball 63% of the right side. So they're going to try to stop it. And so what I'm saying is they're going to try to stop it. we got to continue to have success. I think that's a big key in the game. Are we able to continue to run effectively to the right side? That's the whole key. I just like to run effectively anywhere, but I'll accept your number. Yep. And my second number is 10, and this is a very simple number, 10, and that's the maximum lead that Auburn can have if we have a chance to win this football game. I think I'm stating the obvious right here. We are not a come-from-behind team. Now, conversely – I think Auburn's – if I'm an Auburn guy doing their, you know, their tracks plus deep dig over there because tracks plus does travel. They cut down trees in, in Alabama too. If I'm doing a tracks plus deep dig over there, I may be saying the same thing. I can't be giving up Mississippi State a 10-point lead at any time because they're not a comfort behind team either. All right, so 63, 10, and? Two. That's the number of big plays from Jarquest Hunter. Jarquez Hunter, and what I mean by big plays, that's passing plays over 15 yards, receiving plays for Jarquez, or running plays over 10. He had two big plays last week against Ole Miss. He had a 47-yard reception. He had a 53-yard touchdown run. Jarquez Hunter grew up Philadelphia, Mississippi, went to Neshoba Central High School. We thought we were going to get Jarquez Hunter. Jarquez Hunter had a lot of Mississippi State people around him, especially at school, a lot of kids talking about, you know, Jarquez, we need to get you to start. Well, it ends up going to Auburn, all right? The thing about Arkansas last week, they didn't have a single player on that field that gave two rips about Mississippi State, and they played like it. They looked like it. Jarquez Hunter's a Mississippi guy from Philadelphia, and I know he played Ole Miss last week, but Mississippi State's kind of been the people around him. And you always hate to see somebody have that extra burr in the saddle, that somebody that has that extra little bit of oomph and I think Jarquez playing Mississippi State, he's a guy. And I know he's been over there for a few years, but Jarquez is the type of guy that can break something big. Well, you look at what Jarquez has done this year. Last week, 15 carries, 91 yards, virtually all of them coming on plays between the tackles. He got nothing, actually less than zero when you add it all up, trying to run the ball outside. I feel like for us, 
an approach that involves running at us is better for us than one running around us. Here's the other thing about Jarquez. This is actually staggering. When you start to look at the yards before contact on this team, and you talk about the struggles Auburn's had, and you say, why? In SEC games, yards before contact average, which is how far he gets once he touches the ball before he's hit, right? Or actually once he crossed line, 1.29. He's not getting going. Ever. Yeah. And so the other thing about this is you start to look, and a staggering number of his yards come, or staggering number of his carries, rather, are held under seven yards. So you want to talk about big plays from him. How about this? Only 6% of his carries beyond 10 yards. So two things there. He's not breaking the amount of tackles he has in the past, and he's not getting going. I mean, if, if he gets a seam, he's a guy very good in the open field. The whole thing about Jarquez Hunter is it's either it's either two or three or it's 50. And you got to make sure you keep it at one, two, or three. He's broken something like, if, if you believe pro football focus, 20 tackles this year. And that's not that's not the number I would have expected. No, not at all. So my three numbers are 63, and that's the percentage of our rushing yards that need to be to the right side of the center. 10, that's the maximum lead that Auburn can have over us because we're just not going to come from behind type team. And then two, we have to limit Jarquez Hunter to a maximum of two big plays. That's a reception of over 15 and a run of over 10. And so those are my three numbers, 63, 10, and 2. And my three numbers brought to you by Maroon and Company. All right, my first number is 38, and that is the percentage at which we need to hold Auburn on third down conversions. Auburn has had struggles on third down on offense this year, converting to first downs. And by struggles, I mean if my research is correct, they are the worst third down team in SEC games that we've seen since 2015 Missouri. They Ooh. are converting on third down 22.64% of their attempts. 22. Less than one out of every four third down attempts. They have converted 12 third downs all year. Now, unless we get carried away, we're at 28. So this could there could be a lot of punts in this ballgame. And so when I say 38, here's where that would put you. A 38% completion rate, or excuse me, conversion rate would put you right behind Arkansas, kind of in the middle of the league. We, I think you expect Auburn to be able to move the football a little bit better tomorrow. The thing is, they just can't sustain drives. you got to get off the field. I'm not asking to be heroic. I'm not asking to be Georgia. I'm not asking to be LSU. I'm just saying don't let them have one of those games where that number looks a lot better. I think I almost went with the number six for both teams this entire game. And I'm going to be interested. I'm about, I'm about to make a profound statement, Charlie. Mm-hmm. The, team, the team that convert, that can convert, I think third and six is going to be such a big key in this game because they're very similar to us. If you get to third and six – it's going to be very hard for them to get a first down. If you get us to third and six, it's going to be hard for us to convert and get a first down. I think whoever has more third down and six or longers tomorrow, is that a word? Not really. If you have third and six or longer tomorrow, whoever has the most of those, I think it's going to have the toughest time winning. But I do get your point on I think third down is a big thing. All right, so we got to get the third down before you face the third down. Once you get there, you have to get off the field. My second number is 21. 
21 points is the number of points you have to score tomorrow to avoid losing in regulation. That's a low number. Let's look at Auburn and SEC play. They go to Texas A&M, 10 points. They play Georgia, 20. LSU, 18. The high water mark came a week ago, 21 points, seven of those coming late against Ole Miss. This has been a bad offensive football team. If we are going to have a chance to win this ball game, though, I think we're going to have to score 21 points. I don't get the sense that this Auburn team has quit. I get the sense that they're just not that good. And by not that good, I don't think they're that talented. So, for me, I think you have to hold Auburn to 21. Now, then the question is, excuse me, you have to score 21, and obviously the converse of that is this. But I think you have to expect Auburn to get three touchdowns against your defense. And if they score 21 tomorrow, I don't think, and we lose, I don't think you walk out of there blaming the defense. So, if they score 21, if you allow 21, that means – and you expect a win. That means you're going over. The over-under tomorrow is 41 and a half. We'll get to those picks in just a few minutes. And let me tell you this. There ain't no way I'm going over. <laughs> not, with State, not with State and Auburn. All right, so 21. What's your third number? My third number is zero. That is the number of passes that you can allow Auburn to complete down the field, 20, or, 20 yards or more, in the first half of play. This is a team that wants to run the football. Last week, at one point, they had had 40 rushes and 17 passes. This is a team that doesn't trust their quarterbacks to throw, and when they do, they're throwing it to the other team as often as they throw touchdowns. They want to run. And the reason they want to run is because they know they can't throw. But And they have been very hesitant to try to throw deep early in the ballgame. So then, here comes the question. Just like we analyze them, they analyze themselves. Is this the week that Hugh Freeze wakes up and says, we're going to do it different? Now, Hugh Freeze, let me say this. He does not strike me as a guy who will do things different very often. Meaning, Can you a, say that out loud? Well, no, what I'm saying is that he is a guy who has a plan, he's committed to it, and he is convicted. He believes his plan is going to work. So he doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to say, all right, we're going to wake up tomorrow and go full air raid on you. But you just wonder if after taking some heat, after saying, hey, you didn't throw it very often last week, if Freeze says we're going to throw it down the field. I'm sorry, I was having an immature moment when you said, I don't know if Hugh Freeze will do something different. Yes, he may go different tomorrow. But like you said, they have not thrown the ball at all. Last week they only threw six passes in the first half. Didn't throw a single pass in the third quarter. And you wonder about, they know that Thorne has not been able to throw it well at all. And, of course, Robbie Ashford hasn't been able to throw it at all. And you wonder if they just, they're just scared they're going to throw interceptions. Well, they've come to the right place because one of the worst teams in the SEC. And keep in mind, we got like half a dozen against Arizona. One of the worst teams at intercepting the football is Mississippi State. So, if you wanted to get crazy – Maybe take a few chances. This could be the game. It's it's amazing about how, and I guess when you start looking at State, Arkansas, Auburn, they have not been happy with their offensive lines because it seems like every time Thorne has dropped back to pass, he's had pressure. And so you just you just kind of wonder the trust factor with quarterbacks and your offensive lines uh, coming into this game for right. both teams. So let me give you a few things just to put this in perspective for you. Okay, Bart? We have not been happy with our offense this year. Is that a fair statement? 
That is a fair statement. All right, so let me give you a few things to consider. Average starting field position. We get the ball at the 33, they get it at the 32. So all about the same. Points per drive. Let's look at this. We're not happy because we're scoring only 2.4 points per opportunity, per drive. Auburn is less than that. Points per play. We're only scoring 0.45 points per play. Well, this kind of gets into your explosive rate. Auburn, worse than that. Points per game. Auburn and Mississippi State within two-tenths of a point with each other there, but Mississippi State actually slightly ahead. We're running more plays per drive. We're getting more yards per drive. Three and outs. I feel like we punt too often, that we don't pick up enough first downs. Auburn actually has more three and outs than we do. I've said at times that I think our pace of play is too slow. We don't run enough plays offensively. Auburn only, and keep in mind, they have Hugh Freeze, the guy who everybody thinks, you know, I'm not saying he's Gus Malzahn, right? But you think of Freeze playing an up-tempo kind of football. They're only running three more offensive plays per game than we are. This is not a good offensive football team for Auburn. Well, and here's the thing, too, Charlie. We've had some offensive numbers. Our offensive numbers are not terrible against southeastern Louisiana, and they're not terrible against western Michigan. And our offensive numbers are not terrible against Arizona. Those are, those are three non-conference games. Look at the first game they played. They had a 59-14 to win against UMass. They beat Samford 45-13. to They played at Cal and won 14-10 in an ugly football game. So those are three non-conference games they played too. So you're talking about numbers being skewed, right? You're talking about them being skewed to the positive against UMass and Samford. So what that tells me is against A&M, Georgia they played okay. LSU they were dreadful. Ole Miss they were a little bit better. Ole Miss didn't play well last week. They've been really bad in SEC play. All right, so everybody talks about the game last week with Arkansas saying, well, that's the two worst teams, the two worst offenses, et cetera. Might we have been a week premature to wit? Offense in the SEC, total offense. This is conference games only. So I'm throwing out your Samfords and your Southeasterns, okay? Scoring offense, Auburn 13, Mississippi State 14. Rushing defense, we're 8, they're 11. Scoring defense, they're 10, we're 12. Scoring offense, they're 13, we're 14. You get the idea, right? But here's the difference to me in this week and last week. I think Auburn still cares. Yeah, Arkansas quit caring, didn't they? Arkansas had zero cares whatsoever last Saturday morning. And their schedule helps them care, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I think going back to your point about Auburn, if they win this week, they're probably winning four in a row. They got at Vandy, at Arkansas. That'll be a, just an unbelievable display of football. And then they play New Mexico State. I mean, they – you know, they're three and four right now, four straight losses. I mean, they're looking at seven and four if they win tomorrow. I think it's a huge game for them, and I think Brother Freeze will he have his sermon ready for the pregame. All right, let's take a look at our two players. Yep, two players can smoke you. Brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers Smoke Meats right here on University Drive. Two brothers in the Cotton District. Smoke Southern Soul Food. That's what they're known for. Everything on the menu is outstanding. Great bar scene as well. But 
Go to see our friends at Two Brothers Smoke Meats. It's all, man, it's all great. Everything they got on the menu is outstanding. So, two brothers, two players can smoke you. My first guy is number 75, Connor Liu. He's a true freshman center. He played 47 plays last week. Avery Jones, they brought him in from East Carolina. He's a senior. He was a transfer portal guy and uh, has not played that well, to be honest with you. But Connor Liu is a true freshman. They really like him a lot. He had his he had the best blocking grade of any Auburn offensive lineman last week against Ole Miss, according to our friends at Pro Football Focus. And so they're doing a little shakeup, you think, in the middle of their line, and that's Connor Liu. And i tell you what, Charlie, I think one of the big keys in the game tomorrow is, one, how Connor Liu – the center does with Nathan Pickering. And then a big key for us is how Cole Smith is going to play against number 99, Jason Jones. I think the center nose tackle matchups in this game are going to be huge. Yeah, particularly for a pair of teams going try to run, try the, football. To run the football. Second guy is number 35. He's on the defensive side, and it's Jalen McLeod. He's a jack linebacker, which is a weak side outside linebacker. Now, he's a good pass rusher. He had seven pressures against Ole Miss. He had a sack, a couple quarterback hits, only a couple tackles. I think in the run game, that's where he's going to come into play because if we're running the ball to the right side, he's the guy we're running at. All right, They're going to have a three-man down lineman, three have a defensive end, defensive tackle, and a defensive and a nose tackle, all right? And then everything else is a linebacker. He's kind of that Lawrence Taylor type run, uh, linebacker lining up on the outside, Tyrus Sweet, okay? Sometimes pass rushers are the most ineffective guys in a run game if you run right at them. Well, we're about to see because we're probably going to be running right at number 35, Jalen McLeod. Can he make tackles? All right, you make a comment that I have to respond to. Okay. That is, you refer to him as the Jack linebacker. I am so tired of – I want – you talk about we need to go back to old school. I want a middle linebacker. <laughs> I want outside linebackers. Well, I mean, Joe Lee, I'll 20 years ago, we caught him the dog That's safety. different. That's different. It's different. Because those were different positions. Those were guys <laughs> being used differently. I'm tired of Mike. I'm tired of Will. I'm tired of Sam. I'm tired of Jack, Joker. I want – just tell me what position they play. And I want if you can't line it up the way the NFL does, and you're a strong safety, a nickel back, well, that's as crazy as we're going to get. Jack, Sam, Joker, Tyrannosaurus Rex, whatever, all of it's gone. Just tell me what you are for dog safety. Dog safety that 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 affects us. That spoke volumes. Yeah. All right, my two players. My first one is Marcus Harris, number fifty. Harris is a defensive lineman, six three, two ninety five. He's from Montgomery. By way of Kansas, he actually transferred back two years ago, so not a current transfer. Here's the thing about him. He has been good all season long, but he's been better the last three games. He has had, in the last three games, Georgia, LSU, and Ole Miss, two of his highest tackle ratings of the year, seven against Georgia, seven against Ole Miss. In those two ball games, he had two tackles for loss in each. He's had two sacks in the past three games. He is a guy that causes me concern. Harris is a big old guy. He'll be wearing number 50 tomorrow. Watch out for him. And here's the guy. You always say, who's the guy that's going to kind of make the big leap up the stat sheet? Who's going to give you trouble? Here he is. Rivaldo Fairweather. One, with a name like Rivaldo Fairweather, you got to be good. He's a transfer, Florida International. He's from the state of Florida. Junior tight end. And here's the thing. You go back, Ty Washington last week for Arkansas 
one pass against us. Fairweather, though, has become a staple of this offense. He had five catches against Ole Miss. He had four against Georgia, three against A&M. Had a touchdown last week, one of three that they had. They're not throwing down the field to him. In fact, against Ole Miss last week, his longest play was nine yards on five catches. But what is he? When you got to convert. When you don't like that 22-whatever percent it is converting on third down, where are you going to find your blanket for guys who don't want to stand in the pocket, the big-body guy near the line of scrimmage? I think Fairweather is the guy that could get us by, like, the death of a 1,000 cuts. Third and six, man. If it's third and four, you got time to throw it out of there. If it's third down and six or seven, we're bringing twists and outside blitzes, and Thorne's not going to have time to throw it. But, yeah, he's the guy that could kill you in the middle. So watch out for Rivaldo Fairweather. All right, those are our three – our two players can smoke you, brought to you by two brothers. And, uh, hey, once again, we'd like to thank our good friends at Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com to see how they can help you with all of your technology solutions for your business, your local government. Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com. So whether you're looking for audiovisual equipment or security f- systems, talk to our friends at Howard Technology Solutions. All right, Charlie, one big thing, one other thing, one additional thing about Auburn. You got anything? You know, Auburn is the school that originally forced us to get rid of the cowbells. And for that, we should be better. Here's my thing about Auburn is they don't know why they chant War Eagle. That's really bothered me. You know, they're the Plainsmen. They're the Tigers. They're the War Eagles. No, come on. You know, they've got the hokey story and all. No, they're, they're like four different stories. One's like a Civil War veteran and, you know, an eagle. He found an eagle on the – you know, on the battlefield, Auburn had a touchdown. At the end of the game, the the Eagle did you know did a dive into the ground. Subsequently, died, and they coined the term "war." Coined the term "war eagle." You know, a bunch of die. Um, what was the legend? I don't think it was true, but was it Boise State when they put the blue field down? The legend was that the birds diving into the field <laughs> before they had striped it, thinking it was water. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, one of them was you know some player they were playing at. Carlisle Indian team in 1914, and a kid's name was Bald Eagle, and the crowd thought they were saying War Eagle. I mean, they can't figure out why. But here's the thing about Auburn, right? Everybody knows Tim Cook. I had to go get a new iPhone this past week. Tim Cook, who's the CEO of Apple, is a Auburn graduate. But here's the thing that stands out to me, Charlie, and you know me when I do a lot of research. I use our good friends at Wikipedia. And so Wikipedia Jimbo Wales, Jimmy Wales, who is one of the co-founders of Wikipedia, graduated from Auburn. All right, so let me ask you this about Auburn. If you could take a former Auburn athlete in any sport, so that immediately brings Bo to mind Bo Jackson, Frank Thomas, Bo Jackson. Charles Barkley, obligatory Marquise Daniels reference here. Um, it's got to be Bo Jackson, doesn't it? Yeah, Bo Jackson and I everything. don't know that. And by young people, I mean people my son's age, college-age kids, appreciate that Bo Jackson may have been the best. At, am I going too far? Bo Jackson is the biggest, just biggest freak athlete that I've ever seen. Michael Jordan's the best basketball player. If you say LeBron, I'll fight you. But it's you know, Bo Jackson, before he got hurt, that guy was just amazing. Now, Charles Barkley would be pretty cool to have as an alum because he kind of – it would be good and bad, you know? 
Yeah. I mean, you got to wear it both ways. You got to right? wear it both ways with Chuck. All right. So, you know, a lot of people don't remember Vince Dooley, the Georgia coach, was a graduate of Auburn. Actually, has a couple of degrees from Auburn. Do you know Jimmy Buffett went to Auburn? Did he really? Yeah. He, briefly. I mean, he briefly went to Southern Miss, too, right? He left Auburn and went to Southern. Did he? Okay. Want to come back home, Mississippi guy? And Lionel Richie went to Auburn. Did he really? He did not graduate. Where did Luther Vandross go? We talked about him a few weeks ago. He was Western Michigan. Western Michigan. Well, Mike Leach didn't like Auburn. He's like, man, everybody goes crazy around here about Ole Miss, man. But Auburn's the biggest cheating bunch I've ever seen in my life. Well, I cannot imagine anything illegal or even inappropriate going on. Well, the whole thing to watch. The whole thing about Wikipedia, just because you you speak it with conviction doesn't mean it's always true. It's okay. It's approximately true. Yeah. Q Freeze, the football coach. All right. So that's a look at Auburn, Mississippi State. Um, real quick, Bart, we gotta do some predictions. All right, here we go. Last week I was five and oh, you were four and one. So I'm picking up uh, some steam on you, Charlie. Right now, overall in our picks, you are 17 and 15 overall. I am 14 and 18 overall. So I'm only three games behind you right now. And we're only going to pick five this week as well. All right. South Carolina on the road at A&M. A&M is a 15 and a half point favorite. A&M. A&M as well. Georgia, a 14 and a half point favorite against Florida down in Jacksonville. Georgia. Georgia as well. All right. Tennessee, a three and a half point favorite on the road at Kentucky. Tennessee. I'm going Kentucky. Vanderbilt, 24-and-a-half dog. Ole Miss is favored by 24-and-a-half at home. Who you got? You could double the points, and I'm still taking Ole Miss. Oh, I'm never picking Vanderbilt again. They they broke me back-to-back weeks. Ole Miss, 24-and-a-half. And then in our game, we do not pick the winner just because we're not doing that. But 41-and-a-half, the over-under. Going under. <laughs> dog it. I am too. All right, so the only difference we got right now is you've got Tennessee, I've got Kentucky. So I need to go 5 and 0 again to catch you, you know, catch I'll even give you on that game. I mean, I'll even make it a double play. A double play. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> we got to think too much. All right. All right. Let's see if there's one more big game out there. Well, there's not. That's it. That's what we got. All right. So that's it. We'll be back Sunday-ish. Mississippi State, by the way, basketball has a scrimmage down in Hattiesburg on Sunday. We're going, right? I am going. So we're going to go check that out. An exhibition game, it's all for charity. So if you're in the area, get down and see that. Otherwise, check us out. We'll be here Sunday for Sunday Coffee.